Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Bella Liu. Bella, thank you for joining us on Rising Tide. No problem. I'm really honored to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me, Kevin. Hey, it's uh, my pleasure to have you. And uh, we connected on on LinkedIn quite a, quite a bit ago, and we've had some discussions back and forth. I just appreciate you coming on. So tell our listeners about a little bit about Bella. Definitely, definitely. So um, my current business is Invincible Co. I'm a business coach, and I help people to start their own online uh, profitable and sustainable business. I, my background has been in startups, venture, capital, um, marketing, and digital media. And it's just something where I've been able to really put together all of my interests into, um, into a business that really empowers people to live their best life. Now, your background says San Francisco, but I think you actually live in a place that's probably even prettier than that. So where are you right now? I'm in Sydney, Australia. So Sydney, Australia. I, yeah, yeah. So I grew up here. Um, I traveled from about 17 to 22. I lived in Europe, Canada for two years and all across Asia, volunteering and teaching, teaching English, um, doing UNESCO, Model UN, all sorts of things. And I got to this point in my life where um, I felt like I'd reached the, that level of success that we were really after. Um, and I was in a six-figure salary job. I'd bought a house at 20. Um, you know, I, I had done so much on scholarship and I felt like I really wanted to be able to do something for me that was just for me and not because of external validation, not because of reputation management, but really because I wanted to um, have a direct impact on other people's lives. And I started Invincible Co because I was waking up every day feeling so invincible and being able to take people through that process was amazing. And I just found how easy it was to start your own business. I think I started my own business in three hours. Um, wow. I launched my website in an hour. I got my first 10 clients in two days and 48 hours. And I, I just kind of grew from there. Um, it was all through referrals for my first two months. I had 40 clients and it got to a point where it was just, it was, it was great, but it was also so unsustainable. And I didn't have like a, a system and a way of doing this so that it could really um, take me to where I wanted to be. And that's kind of where I found the space of business coaching. And it just really clicked for me because I was able to help people monetize their passions. I was able to help people with the digital marketing and the strategy side of it and be able to like build something that someone was really proud of and actually know the way to go about it. Because the thing in business is it's so hard to focus. So being able to really help someone keep accountable for their actions, for their deliverables um, to move their business forward. It's been so, so uh, empowering and really great to be there on that journey with them. So how long ago did you start Invincible.co or Invincible Co? Yeah, yeah. It's only been six months, actually. So um, last November, I started after I was made redundant from my job um, late October. And in two weeks, I started this business. It wasn't something where I was like, I want to start a business. What should it be? It was just like really waking up every morning feeling so happy. And I was like, I need to help more people feel like this. Like, why doesn't everyone in the world feel like this is great <laughs> and just um, it really like happened quite naturally and being able to take people through this process of um, changing their mindset of spreading positivity um, I started writing my book and all these opportunities started coming up and it was just this this really amazing journey so far yeah 
So how old were you when you started your company? Uh, I was 22, 22. So now I'm 22. 22 years old. So we're talking, been through uni, been through all these trips abroad. Mm -hmm. Were you working in the, in the corporate world? I mean, when did you start? I mean, it's amazing how much you've packed into 22 years of life here. Yeah, yeah. I think like I got to this point where I was like, I'd done more than I expected to do in my 30s at that time. And I was like, okay, um, you know, what's next kind of thing. I had worked in corporate for three years. So I was working in Canada for a year and a half at a strategy agency. And um, it was the the kind of I went there for exchange and three days in, I was like, I'm applying for a working holiday visa and things really worked out. I found a good recruiter and I was working corporate and I came back here. I was working at a branding agency and um, they were amazing. Like I'd done, I'd done the full startup working with, um, working with a startup here in Australia as their third employee and seeing them grow from two physical stores to 20 stores in eight wow. months. And, and I'd um, worked in like the big corporate media. So, you know, like WPP, Ogilvy, um, DT, AKQA, like global communications agencies, but also boutique agencies. So I felt like I had got a really good range of how these different companies worked and um, being able to draw what I liked from that and building something of my own. Yeah. I mean, the way you describe this, it's, it sounds like you just walked through about 10 years of life experience and you did this in about what, 18 months, 24 months, something like, I mean, just amazing how much you have packed in. So when, when you say you were made redundant, was this because there was a downturn in the in business cycle for the company or what what generally precipitates the uh, redundancies in Sydney? Mm -hmm. I think with the redundancies, um, we had a boutique agency, it was about 15 people and they did a um, total restructuring of the business in terms of what they wanted to focus on and my specific area, which was digital media, it wasn't getting as much um, as much interest at that time. And I totally understood because um, really like a big part of business is being really clear on what you want to focus on and kind of um, being able to take the right steps forward. So I completely understood and we're still in really good terms with my, uh, with my company and my old bosses. So um, there were a few of us let go. I think it was three, three to five of us and we all kind of moved on to new things as well. Yeah. So talk, take us back to that day, that day you walked out of the, of the agency, you know, carrying your little cardboard box of, of all your possessions, walking yeah, to your yeah. car, you know, getting ready to go home. You're thinking, what am I going to do next? Or were you like, wow, what an opportunity. I was actually super excited. I was like way positive. There's a LinkedIn post that I made that went viral and it was um, my last day of my job and I was holding bags in my hands and it was basically like I was I was like I'm so excited for the opportunities to come and that was this really big turning point for me I could have definitely been like oh my god this sucks I need a job um, but it was this this feeling of I have so many possibilities in life and I'm so I, I, I know I'm going to find what I love and this kind of mentality brought me into the most amazing experiences those next two weeks I really started doing things for me um, I really started to, to stop making excuses you know, I'd always be like, after coming home from work, I'd be like, oh, no, it's a, I don't have time for that. Or I need to, you know, rest and, and get ready for the next day. But I just I just got rid of all those excuses and I started doing things myself. And that's really when I found my purpose. And um, I started doing a lot of speaking events on how to live life with purpose. And um, I even was on the, a radio, a big radio show in Australia on redundancies. Like so many opportunities just started coming up because I was able to let go of what 
society expected from me and what I really wanted to do myself. Yeah. So tell me about like family and, and uh, expectations and expectations other people had of you to, I mean, what, what did the, those that were closest to you, what did they say when you said, you know what, I'm, I've been made redundant, but I'm just going to start my own thing. You know what, I think a big part of business is like a big part of going in this entrepreneurial journey is the people in your life do change a lot. And that's something that no one really tells you. <laughs> like every, everyone who, um, who used to get, get along with, like you realize that, you know, the way of thinking is a bit different. Like, even though they'll, they'll support you from afar and they're like, wow, great job. It's like, when you go into business, you kind of start making friends that are all in business as well. They're all on their own entrepreneurial journey. And like, you get to support each other in a really, uh, really special way. And I think there's just something in that when you find your tribe, like I, I would, I'd always thought, oh, I don't know where I belong, but then it was because I wasn't even that person myself. And once I started to really come into this journey, I've met so many amazing people such as yourself as well and it's it's really just been this massive growing curve of um, actually being able to be surrounded by the people who are going to lift you up um, in terms of my family they've always been so supportive of me and they're really just happy if I'm happy um, my dad's also an entrepreneur and he has his own businesses so I think um, it's definitely run in the family before before me <laughs> Stephen it's it was in your DNA you know the, to be an entrepreneur was in your DNA you just you just had to Kind of walk the journey to to let that be released in you and and it's amazing to see i mean uh, i've seen a lot of stuff that you posted even recently on linkedin and just um i mean I, I really appreciate the fact that you really are very open in in some of the things that you post on there you know if you're having a bad day you'll you'll say i'm having a bad day if you're having a good day i mean it's it's just very uh, I hate to use the word. It's I think it's so overused now, but it truly is authentic. It's I mean it it really is authentic. It's not like you know fake authentic. It really truly is you know just who you are, and it, it just comes through in, in the things that you post. So, walk us through the like a a typical day. I mean I know that when you started it, you were just overwhelmed with new business, but that that tends to it's almost like you you go through your family and friends and your network, and then all of a sudden, then the real work starts after you've kind of gone through that initial um you know the, the initial i guess rolodex so to speak that you have you know or or you know all the business cards that you have and now you're you're having to come up with this on your own so tell me tell yeah. me what uh what does it look like now compared to the first two months or so Definitely, definitely. Um, I really structure out my days in terms of what my main focus is for that day. The biggest part of um, having a business is really being able to focus and having a schedule that works for you. And I think this is something that comes up a lot with my clients as well. So um, I'll have, you know, a full day, like most of my time right now is just working with clients because um, I have about 12 clients at the moment and that's really enough for me to be on client calls like daily. But um, I have a lot of my systems have been automated. So being able to um, outsource what I like, what doesn't give me energy and being able to really um, structure that in a way so that um, my business is sustainable, right? Like first off having a profitable business because it needs to make money for it to be a business, but then also just having sustainable systems in place because you want it to be something that can last for a really long time. And that's, um, that's what I found has been the two main pillars for me, my business and also um, my clients' businesses as well. I, I love that. And I, 
it's it's interesting. I mean, I've interviewed a number of like, you know, business coaches and you know, startup consultants, and and one thing that that always interests interests me about, especially if you focus on people with really early stage businesses, that you know, it's it costs money to to hire a business coach, but the one thing that a lot of startups or especially bootstrap startups do not have is money. So how have you how have you navigated that with clients? I mean, um, I mean, it, your services are. I mean, I've seen that your pricing structure, and I mean, it. Somebody that's literally just getting started that has very little money. I mean, they, they that's not that's not kind of who your ideal client would be. So how do you who I guess describe your your perfect avatar? You know, you the perfect client for your services. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. I feel like there's there's a funny thing with money and I, I think money is definitely a relative kind of aspect. Like I was, uh, I remember going to a launch and it was for um, my university's like a master of innovation and they asked me to be on the panel and I thought it was really interesting that this um, MBA was was about like 50, 50 plus grand for the year, right? And mm-hmm. really like learning the whole the whole aspects of what it takes to have a startup. But at the end of it, like none of these, none of these like 20 or 30 recipients even had their business. And I think like the thing with having a business coach is you're taking the practical steps to actually start your business. And a lot of the time, um, all of my clients have actually had a really good success rate in terms of being able to launch into 5K, plus clients um, throughout their first kind of month together with me. And it's really about um, going into this space and, and understanding the, like the value of what you provide at the end of the day. It's not about like the, the price point, but it's really what are you able to give your client at the end of the, um, at the end of that time together. And um, my, my ideal target audience is really service providers, coaches, and consultants. So a lot of my first early clients were financial planners who wanted to get into wealth consulting or wealth planning. Um, and that was a really interesting space that I helped a lot of people kind of exactly. start up their business and go into business efficiency operations. Um, <clears throat> um, but right now I work with a lot of like digital marketing specialists and um, web designers, strategy, um, brand strategists. And that's been just like a really cool journey that I think like what I love about this job is you're able to problem solve on the go and you're able to learn so much about all these different industries. Mm. One of my clients is actually a Forex trader as well, but like his, it's just like, it's a really cool space to be able to um, help all sorts of people. And there are the same digital strategies put in place. It's all about online business. You think you, no until you get into it and it's like wow it's a completely different field so um yeah it's been a really cool journey so it's interesting so let me ask you about you know the uh, you're familiar with the book the e-myth have you ever read the book the e-myth oh i think i think i've heard of it before but tell me a bit more well just the the basic premise is is like how do you move from working in your business to working on your business so you move from like an employee mm-hmm. to actually an owner of your business so it's, it would be easy to, to as, a, as a business consultant, to really help other people run their business as well. How do you, how do you balance running your own business well at the yeah. same time? That's definitely a struggle that I've (laughs) um, experienced throughout. It's like, sometimes I'll feel like, okay, um, my clients are doing really well. And then I'm just like, all, all um, completely, you know, 
like working on my clients and I don't know what I'm doing for, for my own business. And so, so far, like recently, I've really gotten a good balance of um, knowing exactly what tasks I need to create for my business and having the steady consistency of like, okay, each morning, this is my um, two hours that I work on my business. And then like five hours that I work with my clients mm-hmm. and then two hours to, um, to kind of come back and work on, work on my other Um, my other fields as well and like it's really it's really the sense of being able to break it up and know exactly kind of how how you want to structure your time because if you don't have structure it's so easy to just completely um completely fall back and not really know where to go from there so definitely it's 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 kind of yeah it's it's definitely part of the struggle um that we go through and being responsible for other people's businesses it's um it's it's a different type of experience as well yeah there is no doubt in my mind that you are a very disciplined lady there is no doubt i mean anybody that has achieved what you've achieved in such a short period of time is is certainly not the classic underachiever so i mean i I applaud what you've you've done up to this point and and i'm just really anxious to see you know what this looks like in the future because i i mean i can even kind of mind map your your future roadmap here that that you know you're going to build this to the point that you're going to train other people to kind of do some of the services that you're actually doing right now and that's probably in your you know three to five year vision anyway but tell me go, go and find the the best day that you can remember since you've launched your business walk us through that day what did it look like i think it's really when my clients um get the results that they deserve in their business. Like every time I get a new client, I'm like, okay, awesome. Like, but I see it more as a challenge and um, I've had some really big, some really big wins for my clients, including um, one client who has a financial planning service. They were able to grow their business from um, grow their business 500k revenue in in three months and that was such a big such a big win for me like just from tweaking certain digital strategies and what they really needed to achieve in their life but that that means just as much to me as a first client getting their first 5k mm-hmm. um, 5k client it's really about like putting yourself out in the world and making this direct impact on other people's lives I think um, having having that really um, really clear balance of what I want in my life. Like that's always been a goal of mine is just to have balance and um, being able to, you know, wake up and have time for myself and go for a walk and spend time with my family. And then also um, giving back and working on my business, which is what I absolutely love. And then working on my clients' businesses and being able to problem solve. Like it's, it's just every day feels really amazing in that way. Yeah. I, I mean, I certainly can can understand why that, that would make you smile. And, it, and like you said, it doesn't matter if it's somebody making $500 or $500,000. It really is the journey. It's the, it's the you know, as you know, some people might say, it's the hunt. You know, it's, it's the, the process that you, you go through to see, you know, just results. It's, it's the strategy to get there. It's not really the, necessarily the end result. But um, and actually, I, it's it's funny because after after I get off of this this uh, chat with you, we're gonna have a an online hackathon. So I'm, I have you know four of my entrepreneurial friends. Then we're all gonna jump on a Zoom call, and from start to finish in two hours, we're going to come up with a business idea and and launch it. And uh, I'm just you know it's nice. it gets in your blood. You know, it's just one of those it's things really you just cool. you just love to to do. And, and I, you know, normally people take weekends and we're going to take two hours because that's about all people can stand to, to be on a zoom call. But 
beyond that, uh, I'm just really looking forward to it. So if there was, yeah, there was yeah. something that you could, if you could go back, say six months or whatever, what would be one thing that you wish you knew before you launched your business that you think would have made an exponential difference now, you know, that six months later, what is one thing that you think, man, I wish I would have known this when I started? I think really having your foundations right. So within that is knowing your business plan, knowing your pricing strategies and being sustainable in that model. Like that was something that I had no clue of when I was starting my business. And it, it all comes together, right? Like really knowing your target audience, niching down. And this is all the steps that I take my clients through. And when you're able to build the mindset of just enjoying that progress, right? Enjoying the, the steps every day. It's, you can't be so hung up on, um, I guess that outcome and you just have to put yourself out there and really trust in the process of, um, getting it done. I, I think that's, that's definitely the most important parts. Yeah. You think it, it's, I mean, from your standpoint of, you know, people you've coached and, and you've, you've, and either, even people you haven't coached that you're just, that are in your, say your network or your social circles, how important is passion for the product or service that you are are trying to sell? How important is that? Is is that high on the priority list or does it really matter? It's it's definitely high because you need to really know your why of why you're going into business, right? Like you really need to know exactly why you're doing this. It can be for a personal reason. It can be um, you know, for your family or to like, for me personally, it's to inspire others. And I think like, this is a big part of my journey and what means so much to me and why I, I can't stop. And, and there are going to be really tough times in your business. And that's something that you need to um, be able to come up against and, and go over that hill. And when you don't really know your why, you don't know what, like, if this passion means that much to you, then um, it's really easy to get bogged down and it's really easy to, to feel like you can't kind of continue going on that journey. So definitely a passion for you, what you do and um, why you're, you know, why you're even on that journey in the first place, but really being able to give back, like at the end of the day, the quality of your service is going to be the most important and your customers always have to be at the key of your business because that's like, that's the people you're serving and that's, um, what's going to lead your business into, into the long-term like plan for you. I, I, mean, I love the way you, you kind of, you know, circled that one and, and the whole idea of, of uh, being passionate about it. So it, it can kind of get you through the tough times, you know, because mm -hmm. there will invariably be difficult times that you're going to mm -hmm. face. And there are going to be downturns, there's going to be, you know, COVID-19, there's going to be, you know, all kinds of things that you're going to face. And, it's a, actually a perfect segue because I, I told you before we, we started recording that you know, I really wanted to kind of drill down near the end of our chat about, you know, about the, the current state that we find ourselves in globally. And I'm just curious, how, how have your, how's your business been affected in, you know, at this time of coronavirus? You know, what have you seen in the last couple of months and what are you doing to kind of weather this storm? Mm-hmm. I think the thing about online business is it wasn't so affected by Corona. It wasn't affected too much by COVID-19. And I think that's like really um, being able to 
have a business that is virtual and have a business where you can operate from anywhere mm. it um, it definitely makes a difference and I think that's really where our world is moving towards as well a more of a virtual workplace um, I think in terms of being on top of it for COVID is making sure that you are you are adapting your business according to how people are reacting and how people are engaging with content you need to be a lot more um, a lot more caring and understanding in your copywriting you need to really be um, really be more sensitive to people's situations and what is going on and um, even just using COVID in in your marketing to keep it relevant I think there is a lot of um, a, a lot of people who are really on top of it and being able to adjust according to that and those are the ones who are coming out the strongest um, out of all of it. Have you seen have you seen any impact in your business at all, or has it pretty well been steady through this period of time? My business has actually been pretty steady. I have um, launch periods and I have phases where I'm phases where I'm more active and phases where I'm more passive in my business. So mm -hmm. um, really sticking to that has led me to have a really sustainable business overall. Um, April and May were actually my strongest months so far. So that's kind of when all this went down. So um, it hasn't affected me too much, but I know that um, I know that it's definitely changed the way of business and being able to be there for my clients extra in this time, because it is, um, it is quite a distressing, um, situation for a lot of people so uh, being able to put that extra effort in and um, be able to take them through it and calm their minds like that's that's a lot of how it's affected me I, I mean I love that I love the way that you put that and as I, I um I mean I it's amazing that you know how how you weather this this difficult period because I, I mean I think that that you know I think we have somewhat maybe peaked a little bit I mean, it depends on what, what industry you're in. It seems like that, you know, we're kind of, as I said, flattening the curve, so to speak, you know, and hopefully we're, we're starting almost the recovery period a little bit, you know, it's going to be a long recovery period, but I'm, I'm curious about, you know, you talked about, I asked you, you know, what are things that you wish you knew before you started? And one of them was you just said, I wish that I would have had my pricing structure and processes and foundation maybe better. What, what, um, especially because of the of the the focus that you have on kind of the startup side of things how do you respond to people that say uh like you you know they say hey i really want to work with you you say okay great here's kind of the pricing structure and they say oh i can't afford that what's mm -hmm. the what is the response to i mean i have interviewed a lot of people and it's interesting their, their answers yeah. will be all over the board so i'm curious what yours would be for sure, for sure. I think it's really about understanding that objection and where it comes from. So a lot of the time it could be, it could be like a trust um, issue. It could be like a competency, competency issue. And it's really about understanding if it really is the money or if it is um, something else. And usually at the end of the day, there's only one objection, even if there's a lot of things coming up in someone's head, it's like being able to understand that client, uh, that prospect and where they're actually at. Um, of course, like in terms of money, there's always something that you can figure out if they really do want to work with you. That's something that um, you can you can kind of sort out together. But if if the problem lies somewhere else, then really digging deeper into what that objection might be and how you can eradicate it from um, where where that specifically is versus versus just um, taking it from from what they're saying. Yeah, I love that. I mean, so how would you? So if if I'm your client, I say. I, I'm sorry, I just can't afford that. What would be your next 
next response? Mm -mm. I think it, it really depends on the situation. Like I have a um, a system that I take my clients through to really understand to, to really help them <laughs> help them like um, understand their prospects. And it's it's just about um, you know like making sure you check off all the steps before you even get into pricing. Because if they don't believe that you have what they need or the value isn't there, then no matter what price it is, it's not going to, it's not going to really make a difference. So um, in terms of, in terms of pricing, it could be, you know, if, if really at the end of the day, it is a pricing issue, it could be um, going to payment plans and it could be um, building out a, a different structure. But at the end of the day, it's like if that trust is there, if the value is there, um, it's really never a problem of pricing. It's a problem of like lack of value. So if you've got your pricing on your website and then you're also taking them through kind of a discovery process to kind of really yeah. learn what their needs are and whatever. So if they already know what the pricing structure is before they go through the, the process, so mm -hmm. how are you overcoming those objections? I, I'm not trying to really drill down on your on pricing. I mean, it, it just seems like the, you know, it's it's such an important issue because especially for people that are starting up and they're they're trying to find that, you know, I mean, I'm an economics major, so that that price equilibrium, that elasticity, you know, that that where people mm -hmm. will either buy or they don't buy. How do you how do you navigate that with somebody? If like I said, if they know it beforehand and you're still walking them through, are you in essence creating value through that discovery process? and creating trust yeah 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 definitely so the discovery process um, usually what that involves is just helping like helping the client exactly where they are like um if if i can provide value even if they don't sign on with me like that's not that's not as big of an issue as just being able to help them like take their first steps to where they need to be in business and that's like really the key yeah. priority of that call um at the at the end of the day it's like everyone finds their own way and like we, we can only help each other get there right like I, I really believe that so it's it's like whether they feel that you're going to be the right person for them on this journey or not and um a lot of the time it's you know it's whether you can provide provide the value that they're searching for or if they want to go into that different direction um that's kind of their decision to make as well Man, I, I really love your philosophy and, and just the whole mind, because I can, I can just picture myself as, as a potential client and you walking me through that process. And I'm thinking, you know, wow, this is, uh, uh, you are building trust in that. I mean, you almost talked me into being a client and I'm just trying to interview you on my podcast. So yeah. <laughs> you're really good at that. So. Hey, we covered a lot and, and I really want to honor your time, but is there anything that we haven't touched on that you, you want to kind of end us with and then tell people where the best place to find you online is? Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, please uh, come check me out on invincibleco.com and um, always reach out on LinkedIn. I'm really active there. Um, you've been such a great host and um, I hope I, I did well <laughs> in terms Absolutely. of being able to provide value. Um, I think I think it's just an amazing thing to be able to spread knowledge like this. And I really appreciate your time as well. Well, Bella, thank you. And we, I, I want you to send me the link to your, uh, to that blog post or that LinkedIn post that you mentioned that, that went viral because I'd love to put that in the show notes as well. Cause I, I know a lot of people would love to, to see that as well, but just to really appreciate your time today and just have, have thoroughly enjoyed our chat and, and just your, your whole story. That's so, 
you know, the, the, the lifetime of experience compacted into just a few years. So it's, it's really amazing to see, but just thanks for taking time and just playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Bella, have a great day. Thanks so much. Thanks, Kevin. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.